Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 216 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. Now, over the last mini episodes, I have asked for you to connect with me, to send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email, and just to introduce yourself, let me know if you have questions, what's going on for you and your love life, and many of you are taking me up on it. So thank you, thank you. I really do love hearing from you, and I really do to respond to everything that I get. And if I did ever miss something, please email me again. It can just be totally oversight on my part. So my apologies. But if you've not reached out to me, then I would love for you to do so you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. You can also send me an email over at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact and that little message box goes straight to my inbox. And yes, again, I do respond. And many of the questions and things you're sharing with me end up on this show. Either you end up on the show and you end up being coached by me for free on the podcast, or you submit a question and many of those questions have and will continue to inspire my solo episode. So if you have something you want me to talk about on the show, or if you want to come onto the show and be coached, then getting in touch with me that way is a great way to do it. Of course, if you do reach out to me, it is not required that you come on the show nor ask me a question. I really just like to know who my listeners are so I can continue creating content for the podcast, challenges, workshops, offerings, all of those things that you want and need in your life. All right, before we get going with today's episode, I just want to remind you that tomorrow at the time that I'm releasing this episode is the very, very last day that you can get the intro pricing for my brand new course on inner child work called Crappy to Happy. 
and you can save a hundred bucks if you sign up by May 22nd. So if you want me to take you through my exact process, I take my clients through an inner child work, which will involve connecting the dots, doing the healing process, and then applying that to real life so that your patterns actually change. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. And there you can learn more about the course and you can sign up for it if it sounds good for you. And if you're listening to this episode after May 22nd, the introductory pricing is no longer available, but the course definitely is still available. So still head over there and learn more about the inner child work process and see if it's the right fit for you. And here's a really fun bonus that I'm super excited about. And that is once you do the course and you complete the course, you submit your homework to me and that qualifies you for a free 30 minute session with me. And that's not for the podcast. It's just you and me talking about what came up for you in the inner child course. So we can troubleshoot and really work through some of the things that came up so that you can get the most out of this course. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash courses to learn more and to sign up. Okay, today's episode I'm super excited about. Today I have Bridget on the call and she is struggling with a pattern where when things get rocky in a relationship, she just wants to run and she often does run. Now, if you're familiar with my story and some of my dating history, you might remember me talking before about how this was actually a pattern for me too. And specifically, I'm referring to the relationship I had in college where, oh, he loved me and wanted to get married and it was everything that I ever wanted. But of course I ran. Now I ran for a very different reason than Bridget. I ran because I didn't know how to deal with the emotions and the vulnerability that's required in a relationship. And Bridget ran because she grew up in a very volatile household. And for her, any sign of possible conflict can bring her right back to that time in her life. And it can feel very, very scary. So as usual, even though this pattern seems to be playing out in much of her love life, it's not really the problem. And in fact, I want you to ask yourself this too. What really is the problem? So if you were to come onto my show and say, Veronica, the problem is, is I attract narcissistic partners, or the problem is that I never get past the three month mark, or the problem is all of these relationships with guys that I'm meeting online turn into pin pal situations. I invite you to ask what really is the problem. That's really where a lot of the magic can happen, where a lot of the growth and the healing can happen. And that's honestly where the needle will move when it comes to transforming your love life. And that's really the core of the work that I do. So if you want my help in it, this would be a great, great thing to work through inside my course, Crappy to Happy. Anyways, back to the show. As you listen to Bridget, I want you to consider, do you have a pattern of running when things get tough? Did you grow up in a volatile environment when you were younger? Do you want to control all parts of the relationship, how the other person feels, what happens when you communicate, when you do things, how you feel in the relationship, how the relationship's progressing, all the things? Do you believe that there's a part of you, maybe the part of you that wants to run or the part of you that feels anxious or the part of you that's scared to be vulnerable or whatever it is, is the problem. And you just need to fix that part of you. And finally, are you afraid that as you get older, you'll have to compromise on some of your boundaries and deal breakers and the things that you want in a relationship because you believe that there are less good potential partners out there. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching conversation with Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for 
talking to me today. I have a question just regarding my history with relationships. I am uh, 46 years old and never married. And I'm starting to see a reoccurring pattern with my relationships where I thought this is where you could come in and possibly guide me. I have a tendency to be very independent. I've, you know, have a successful job and, you know, I own my house and I really feel like I've built my castle, but where I lack is finding love. Yeah. And I find that to be conflicting with the fact that I'm also an empath. So while I want to be in a relationship, I pretty much give myself and I'm very caring and nurturing, but at the same time, I'm also have the conflicting mindset of being independent. So my biggest question is when I sense struggles in the relationship, rather than working through them, I run from them or I sabotage them Mm -hmm. somehow. And it's reoccurring and I just want to stop the pattern. Yeah. So, okay. Let me make sure I'm understanding. You say your pattern is that when things begin to get a little tricky in the relationship or difficult in the relationship, instead of working through them with the other person, you just want to run, right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. And how does that have to do with being an empath? What's the connection there? I do see a tie simply because when I start off in a relationship, I'm the one that I need to take over and I kind of plan. I want to plan. I want to make the dinners. I want to be accommodating and express myself just so that whoever I seem to be dating at the time is fully aware of even just my feelings. And I almost find a tendency to, whether or not I even find a problem of theirs, I want to make sure they're in a happy place. So rather, I actually put their needs in front of mine. Yeah. Okay. And why do you think you run? I don't want to be hurt. And I have spent, you know, the very long time of my life while I'm independent. I've put a lot of time and effort into just kind of creating a life that I do love my life. I have a really good job. I have a a house. I've got my pets. And the minute that I see anything that could potentially threaten that, I immediately remove it from my life. Mm-hmm. What was childhood like for you? Childhood was, it was kind of unstable. There you we know, go. That's I, all I need to know. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was like, okay. I was like did, okay. you, did you build this stability out of instability? And you, that was the first thing you said. <laughs> yes. We don't have to rehash everything. This isn't therapy, right? This is coaching. So you grew up with a lot of instability. And again, we don't need to rehash everything. If we are working over a longer term, then of course, I'd want to dig into more of the nuances and everything. But right now, what we know is that lots of instability in childhood, and then you created stability. You got yourself the house. You got yourself the good job. Dogs, you know, they're going to run and greet you. Actually, you said pets. I'm just assuming dogs. I don't know what kind of pets. They're dogs. Okay. (laughs) Okay. They love you. They're going to run and give you kisses every time you get home from work. Like you've created stability, right? That is correct. Yes. And I think, and I think what also you've done is you've made stability and independence almost synonymous. Does that feel true? That is correct. Yes. Very true. 
Okay. Okay. So then when there's a little bit of a rocky patch in a relationship, whether it's big or small, and I haven't even asked you what the pattern is of like who you're attracting or the kind of relationship you're attracting, that can be potentially a whole other can of worms. But can you see how now then when there's some sort of rocky patch, whether it might be a healthy rocky patch or a completely unhealthy rocky patch in a relationship, your alarm bells from literally like your inner child is like, this feels like when I was 10 years old or whatever age. And you want to run yeah. for the hills because you're like, I'm not going back there again. That's completely accurate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you listen to my podcast. What do you think yeah. I'm going to say next? Good question. I think that it's going to be how I can maybe get in touch with uh, my emotions of whenever I was younger and see how that could, you know, maybe nurturing my younger child could make me see more nurturing could get me to a place where I'm happier in understanding and more nurturing to myself today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you basically need to remother yourself. And again, I don't even know the details about what was going on with mom or dad or their presence Mm -hmm. or another adult, you know, what their presence was in your life, but I'm going to assume you didn't necessarily get the emotional nurturing that you needed. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so what did little Bridget do what did she do when she was younger in order to compensate for not feeling that safety? Well, to be totally honest with you, I had to prove myself to gain that. And how did you and prove yourself? I always had to be, I just always had to almost recreate myself to be visible and to be noticed and to be heard and to be understood. Mm-hmm. I always had to come in bigger and better. And how does this play out in your relationships now? Well, if you know, I'm being completely honest. I feel that if I ever see this relationship fail, that I'm the one that has to take the reins and I have to control it and I have to figure it out and I have to make it better. Yeah. And at the same time, one thing I do notice is that I make it happen. If I want something done, I make it um, allow whoever I'm in a relationship with, though, I just figure I have to figure it all out on my own. Right. Right. And that's because that's what you had to do when you're little. You had to figure it out all on your own. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So there's a few things that are coming up and I want to come back to the empath part of you because I think that's an important piece and it's actually something that hasn't been talked that much on the podcast. And I think it's important to talk about, but we already talked about your need to remother yourself and to give yourself, you know, that love, that reassurance. So tell me this, the relationships that you're attracting when you fall into this pattern, would you say that they're otherwise, you know, potentially healthy relationships and relationships that have some sort of longevity potential? Yeah. So historically, no, I, in the past have always been attracted to athletes and bigger guys, also huge, either whether their stature is big and they're like a successful kind of athlete or whether or not they are successful in a career, like I always focused on like almost the parents and and how they would contribute and make me look better almost, which Mm -hmm. had a tendency to backfire because I would always be in their shadows and they weren't really looking for me. So those relationships always ended quite honestly in cheating or horrible mind games or, you know, even one was abusive, unfortunately. 
And I never once focused on like compatibility and how they could nurture me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then it seems like the quote unquote problem that you run when things get rocky is like, you know, if we're using like the metaphor of like, you know, people always say like, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. This feels like it's almost like the second bridge. <laughs> like once you're yeah. in a relationship and things are going well, and then at some point there will be some sort of argument or disagreement and that's normal and healthy. And I've talked about that before on the podcast, but it also feels like even before we get to that point, we have to look at who you're attracting. And again, if I was a betting woman, I would be guessing that you're probably attracting someone like your, maybe your dad specifically, but definitely parents in general. And so that could be sending off other alarm bells, you know, your inner child, mm-hmm. you're like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. This feels almost too familiar. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not even about like the stability versus instability. It's just like, wait, like at first it feels good and comfortable to attract people like your parents because there's that familiarity and with familiarity comes comfort. And those two things can very easily get mistaken for love, right? Yeah. Then it's almost like it becomes too familiar <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, must get out. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I wouldn't call that a bad thing at all, right? Whenever we're looking at a part of ourselves, whether it's a part of ourselves that's anxious, a part of ourselves that always wants to flee, the part of ourselves that sabotages, whatever it is, we usually don't want to completely get rid of that part of ourselves because actually, I wouldn't say usually, we never want to get completely rid of that part of ourselves because it's a part of you. And by creating this like atmosphere where you're like, well, this part of me that always wants to flee and just wants to hold on to her independence, like this part of me, it's bad. It's sabotaging my relationships. Right. And that's no different than like probably the pattern that you're already in when it comes to relating to yourself. Like, oh, I, you know, like I suck at this or I'm not good at this. And then it's like, this part of me needs Mm -hmm. to go away. This part of me can stay. That's cool. But like, it doesn't really work like that. We actually have to accept all of ourselves. We can't just accept like 85% of ourselves and then pretend like we have a good relationship with ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work like that. And so this part of you that wants to flee, maybe there is a part of you that really does too tightly hold on to stability and anything that feels a little rocky, just you know, completely triggers you and creates that, that fight or flight or more so the flight piece. Yes. (laughs) And that's the part we want to shift and look at, but the part of you that's like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel healthy. This doesn't feel good. This almost reminds me too much of childhood or parents or whatever it is. And you want to flee. Well, to me, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So in addition to mothering yourself, it's also about you know, using the analogy of like a company and like, you're the CEO of your company. Right. And then there's this part of you that wants to flee and that part of you, you know, let's say that part of you, like they're an executive in the company, but they're not the CEO. They're not the boss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're, You're the boss, but this part of you that wants to flee, they're a rogue employee. They're doing things that aren't their job and they need to stay in their own lane. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's about relating to that part of you and saying, thank you so much for helping me to get out of these relationships that were unhealthy or abusive or just toxic Mm -hmm. or just where I didn't, 
right? Felt small, right? Didn't feel good. Thank you so much. And that's the kind of role I want you to play. But this role of you playing or coming into play whenever there's any kind of instability, like that's not your job, that's someone else's job, right? So it's like relating to that part of you in that way. And I, and I know I gave like yeah. the CEO employee kind of example, but like when you're talking to that part of you, you want to, you know, it needs to feel a little bit more nurturing than maybe how a CEO would typically talk to an employee. But is this making sense? It is. Yeah. It's interesting. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me. Okay, what's coming up for you? So I'm just feeling like, I mean, if I could translate what you just said, and it's almost like I have to... I guess, relearn, like use kind of experiences for me, but not against me. And then maybe relearn ways to interpret those. And that's how you use them for me. I'm hoping that's what I'm getting out of it. I didn't quite follow that part, but I I think you're getting it. It's basically just looking at this part of you that you think is your problem or the block and seeing it as a part of you that's actually playing an important role in your life. And instead of thinking that's the problem, the problem really is, is that that part of you is just acting out of line. Like it's doing what it needs to do plus some. And okay. the plus some is what has to shift. Does that make sense? But are you, yeah. But, and are you kind of even referring to just like gut feelings or intuition and like my mind speaking to me, like this feels wrong because historically it's been wrong? And is, am I following on the right path of that? Yeah, your intuition definitely plays a role here because your intuition Mm -hmm. is going to help you determine, is this just a rocky patch in an otherwise healthy relationship or is there something else going on here? That's your intuition that will tell you that, right? But it's really, really hard to connect with your intuition to get that information when fear is calling all of the shots. And fear is calling all of the shots when this employee is rogue. It's like everything that anything could possibly be interpreted as instability, like it's all bad. It just needs to all go. Yeah. Right. And so when there's that much fear, it's really hard to listen to your intuition. And it's hard to know, is it fear or is it like an intuitive no? Right. Correct. And so when you can regain the reins, so to speak, and get this rogue employee back in line, then your intuition can kind of talk this employee down and be like, I know it's scary. We're in a rocky patch right now with this relationship. I know. Yeah. It's scary. And it's potentially like this relationship won't go the way I want it to go. We might not be able to resolve whatever this rocky patch is and the relationship might end and that might hurt, but that's okay. We can get through this. This isn't all on you, right? When you're in that kind of space, then it's much easier to make intuitive decisions about 
you know, what to do in a relationship, what not to do in a relationship, what the relationship really is, like if it's, you know, truly a healthy relationship or or not. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting because as you just described, kind of like, like a self-talk and saying things to me correct, like saying to myself correctly, I almost feel like I, you know, I felt like I was just holding so much tension. But then as you described that, I like released that. It was interesting how it happened. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where did you feel that release in your body? So I felt it in, in my shoulders and then kind of in my heart. <laughs> Great. So you'll want to, you'll want to take note of that because you'll okay. feel it the same way, you know, in your life when you're like, I don't know, is this fear? Is this intuition? What's going on? That's where you're going to feel it. Interesting. And, and if something's okay. like tight or if like some, if like your shoulders are just like, you cannot feel like you can relax them. Or like if you're, feels like someone's squeezing your heart or something, you know, that kind of feeling, then something's off. Something's off. Yeah. Okay. So what are your takeaways? What are the steps you're going to take? Well, I think the first thing, and well, I don't feel like you and I had necessarily discussed it, but I think it plays that, you know, the, as a new person does enter my life, like I do definitely want to give them a clean slate and not identify them as this is automatically like Mm -hmm. not when, if this is going to end, but when it's going to end and always have to have the control over that. Yeah. I Um, think, I think a good medicine for control and your empathy kind of plays into that, right? I said, I want to get back to that. Your empathy kind of plays the, plays the role of control because it's like, I want to make them feel a certain way, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I think the medicine for control is curiosity. Like, I wonder how this relationship's going to go. What can I learn from this person on this date? Right. So yeah, keep going. But I I like that. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I, and I also feel that kind of how the fear resonates with me and how to control it. So if fear is starting to creep in, I need to just communicate to myself that I'll be okay. Yeah. To not let it control me and to control the fear. Yeah. Uh That's where the inner mother comes in. Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to point out that you said to control the fear when it comes. (laughs) Um, Ah! (laughs) So so yeah, whatever the thing is that is coming up, whether it's a quote unquote good or bad thing, we don't want to control it. Because remember, there's always a good reason that it's coming up. Either it's coming up because like there's truly alarm bells and you're like, there are some red flags for this dude, right? And you got to take mm-hmm. appropriate action. But even if there are no at least immediate or obvious red flags, sometimes the fear can be coming up because it's triggering inner child wounds, right? And that's that's so very true. And you know, the the one thing that I do know is that I mean, especially at this point in our lives, I'm not necessarily going to find the you know, the ideal Prince Charming that was dropped from the heavens with no problems of his own. And I just have to, I have to almost sort what is a deal break, like what I can accept and what is unacceptable. You're trying to convince yourself that because you're 46, you have to settle. And I just want to be realistic that some of my, some of my deal breakers aren't necessarily going to be I just don't feel that those are going to be realistic deal breakers. I think I need to kind of let go of maybe my expectations of what is okay, can uh, you give me workable relationship. What you think might be unrealistic? Sure. 
I feel that maybe certain lines of communication styles, if somebody can't communicate on the levels of like what I need them to, or in a timely fashion of what I would expect them to communicate with me in. I just feel like, oh, we'll never get on the right path and it's too much of a headache. (laughs) So that's one thing that I want to be able to compromise and work with. But possibly like another deal breaker is somebody's like activities. Like if they have like a vision of what their future is, whether it's going to concerts and traveling and doing this and that, but like I don't get included, then no, that's a deal breaker for me. Like I want at this point of my life, like I want to be included in on those things. So you're afraid you're going to have to compromise on both of those things? Yeah. I just try to identify in my head. Okay. I'm going to pause those you. Are worth it. Okay. I'm going to pause you. And look, I totally agree that sometimes we think something that's a deal breaker and it's like, it actually ends up not being a deal breaker. Like, Oh, actually it's not a big deal. But sometimes other th- it can go the other way around. Like sometimes we didn't think something was a deal breaker and then like, it definitely is a deal breaker. And you kind of learn that through guess and check. However, with the two things that you just said, if you were a listener listening to this, you're not Bridget, you're someone else listening to Bridget talk about these two deal right. breakers you might have to compromise on. What do you think the listener would think I would say? What they think you would say? I honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I think okay. that it might just be that they're not really valid. I don't, what I consider to be a deal breaker is probably something so simple in somebody else's mind that they can't relate to how I'm making that an issue. Well, I mean, look, I know you have other deal breakers. We don't have time to go into all of them, but you just gave me two. And when you told me that you thought your expectations were too high, like I thought you were going to say something like, you're only going to date someone with like brown curly hair and has to be like a certain shade of brown. <laughs> Like, I thought you were going to say something like that. Or, or like, I don't know. Like, no. So like, but like you told me, you know, two things that I think are fairly reasonable expectations in a relationship that there's timely communication and timely can be different for different folks, but like there's timely communication and that you're included in his life. Yeah. So I would really take a hard look at your deal breakers and not the deal breakers, but the belief that you're going to have to compromise on them and really ask yourself, like, am I asking myself to settle for less than what I believe or think I deserve? Like, imagine like your 12 year old self or some inner child age self, you know, imagine she was like your real life daughter. Like, what would you want for her in a relationship? And if she were straight, what would you want her to have from a man? And what would you, Um, and like, that's what you deserve. You don't deserve anything less. So I would really, really look at that. And like, you know, age is just a number. Age is just a construct. Age is just this thing we believe that, you know, I have a lot of clients in their late thirties and forties and fifties. And a lot of them will say, well, you know, at my age, I just have to kind of settle for a little less because like all the good ones are taken and blah, blah, blah. People have more baggage. Well, 20 year olds have baggage and so do 40 year olds and so do 50 year olds. Like, every human has baggage because every human has experienced pain at some point in their life. And that pain has created core wounds and those core wounds have created limiting beliefs and have created from those limiting beliefs, maybe some unhealthy behaviors or patterns or, you know, that kind of stuff. So like age doesn't matter, you know, so let's let that go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And, and when it comes to, your deal breakers, like just do a gut check. 
you know, not like a, well, I think I should compromise on this because da, 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 but that you can let go of the deal breaker because maybe it's just not as important to you as you, as you thought it was. Like I had a client who was just so adamant that her partner was a skier. And, um, and I was like, I totally get why you would love to be with someone who's a skier, but it's like, what if something happens and you can't ski like coronavirus happens or like or something and you can't go skiing and your whole relationship was based on just like being ski partners. And that was like your life. Like, and that kind of example, I do agree that, you know, she would probably find that, okay, skiing's important, but it's not the thing that's going to make a break a relationship. Right. So might be some gray area. I don't like the word compromise, but there might be some gray area to find something right. that works. But when it comes to like essentially important pieces in a relationship, which is being a part of each other's lives and communication, I just don't see there being that much room for compromise or any compromise at all. No, you're absolutely right. And I feel that I've just kind of like on a side note, I feel like my current situation is, I don't know, maybe just a little not exact just because I know currently who I'm dating, he's working through issues of his own where he truly, truly wants to. So I know what I'm getting right now isn't necessarily a hundred percent of him. And like, I'm trying to get to the other side of it. So like, I'm, I just wonder what I'm willing to deal with in the interim until like he can fix his broken pieces. And I only know that he has broken pieces because I have known him for 40 years and this is just a bad time for him. So that's kind of where I was guiding my deal breakers, which Mm -hmm. may sound harsh. (laughs) I know that they're not permanent things that I'm having to accept forever. Yeah. But I completely understand what you're getting at. Like, with like the skiing or like the fact that he has like brown hair or he's graying or something on his lines. Right. Um, and, and you still deserve what you want and need. And, you know, even if you've known this person for however many years and you know he's doing the work, you still you still gotta take care of yourself and you still gotta take care of that little twelve year old and what does she deserve? And and I love hearing that because I feel lately everybody that I'm like my support group understands how important this is for me to make it work. And I, I almost feel like they're encouraging me to overlook certain things. And then I feel that that's tied into my gut because my gut's saying you never have to overlook. Like that's, I feel like where my gut's screaming is I don't ever have to look this while I'm being encouraged to overlook it. Yeah. When sometimes you got to tune that out, especially from people who, you know, may also be in either not relationships at all or not healthy or satisfying Correct. <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it really was. And I'm definitely going to take what, you know, you have to, you know, say to me and reflect on it and, you know, just keep listening to you. It's, it's helped me a lot over the years. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bridget, for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your openness and your vulnerability and your willingness to be coached. And I really just love how when the women come onto the show, they're just so, so coachable. And that really tells me that you're doing the work and you're willing to 
go there, so to speak. And it just makes me love this community of podcast listeners so much more. So thank you. Thank you. And if you want to be coached for free by me, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way down. And there you will see a link to submit a form to inquire about coaching with me. And you'll also then get forwarded to a link to schedule your call with me. And you can also just, as always, send me a DM or an email and we can talk about coaching there. And again, I don't really tell people what to ask me. Actually, I don't tell people at all what to ask me. And for those women who've come onto the show, you know that we don't sit there and workshop your question to make it just right just for the show. It's whatever's on your heart is what we coach because I trust that whatever is coming up for one woman coming onto the show is coming up for countless, countless women listening to the show and trying to contrive that or change that I think would really just drastically shift the authenticity of the question and the coaching conversation. Okay, so let's break this down. The very first thing that we talked about is mothering Bridget's inner child. Now we did not go too deep into this. Again, if we were working over a longer period of time, then I would want to learn a little bit more about childhood. I want to learn a little bit more about what was going on with mom and dad, because I would believe I have a hunch that she's probably attracting people similar to her mom or dad, or maybe a combo of both. And I'd also guess that she's probably internalized the way that she talks to herself and treats herself to be very similar to how one or both of her parents talk to her as a child as well. So mothering the inner child, connecting those dots. Again, this is all what I teach inside Crappy to Happy, which you can sign up for. But this is where I would want to go a lot deeper if we were working over a longer period of time. But I just want to say that mothering your inner child is so, so key. Mothering yourself is really the key to shifting so many of our patterns because often what we're all just trying to do is we're all just trying to get love and we're all just trying to feel safe and we're all just trying to feel like we belong. And our parents have a role in giving that to us in our life. And when they don't, we come up with coping strategies to, you know, overcome that. So for her, she did that by as an adult overachieving, I shouldn't say overachieving, but just by achieving. And that gave her a sense of control, which gave her a sense of love and safety and belonging. And while that worked for a little bit, it's beginning to not work in relationships because it's triggering this deep fear for her. And again, the last thing that I want to say, you know, my coaching, it's not talk therapy. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach. And so we don't have to rehash everything. We don't have to go over everything that happened in your childhood. You only really have to connect a few dots to know where a pattern came from. And then from there, you know, you can move on to the healing process and the shifting process. So that's what I really want you to get. I get a lot of questions from women. What's the difference between coaching and therapy? I've done a lot of therapy and it was a nice to talk about stuff, but nothing really changed. Well, to me, I can talk about my coaching. I can't talk about everyone's coaching. I can just, I know what what my coaching is obviously from my experience, but we don't really rehash everything. Yeah, it's important to know some key facts and some key patterns, but we don't need to talk about everything. Because again, like you can see just from my conversation with Bridget, just being able to connect that one dot was in a lot of ways enough to really understand why she was doing what she was doing in her present day life. And then that gives us the tools and information that we need to be able to shift it. The second piece that came up was the part of you that X. So for Bridget, it was the part of her that wanted to 
run away, right? She thought that that was the problem. That was the pattern that she wanted to change. And while that pattern can be a detriment potentially in a relationship, because it can create a pattern where she's running away from otherwise healthy relationships, we don't want to get rid of that pattern altogether. For one, it's a part of her and you're going to have a really, really hard time changing your relationship patterns. If you have this relationship with yourself, if you're like, well, this part of me is cool. This part of me kind of sucks. This part of me is kind of cool. This part of me sucks. Like it just doesn't work like that. It's acceptance is kind of like an all or none thing. You can't just accept 90% of yourself or 80% of yourself. And so this part of her that wanted to run, she has to learn to love and embrace that part of her and also have it play a healthy role in her life rather than a role where it's continuously holding her back. Now, I'm not so convinced that this part of her that wants to run is necessarily the problem or even the unhealthy pattern, because if she is in a relationship that's unhealthy or toxic, or she's not really getting what she needs or what she wants. I would hope that this part of her would kick in and tell her, hey, maybe get the hell out of here because it's not working. I talk a lot more about this concept in the episode. So again, if you want to learn more, go deeper into this particular topic, then just rewind the episode and listen to that. The next piece that came up was at the very end, the conversation took a little bit of a turn, but I think it was an important turn and I'm glad we talked about it. And that is Bridget has this belief that because she's 46 and still single and never been married, that she now has to compromise on some of her deal breakers and what she wants in a relationship. Now, I do believe that it's important to have a good sense of what some of your deal breakers might be, but your deal breakers are tied to your values. They're not tied to how you want to be treated in a relationship. Okay. So if you value healthy living and healthy eating, you might not do well with someone who smokes a lot and drinks a lot and doesn't really like to be active. You might have a challenging time in that kind of relationship. Or if you value, you know, financial security or sound financial habits, then you might struggle with someone who has a lot of debt and just spends and spends and spends and doesn't budget or save. That might be an issue. I'm not saying it will be, but because there could be ways to make it work, but that might be an issue for you down the road. But again, those are tied to your values and your morals, not the way in which someone might treat you in a relationship. Now, what Bridget was telling me is she thinks she has to potentially compromise on how someone fits her into their life and also their communication style and communication frequency. So whether or not you have a child, I want you to imagine whatever age you're working with your inner child, if she's five, if she's eight, if she's 12, whatever she is, then imagine what would you want for her? What do you think she deserves in a relationship? And if you have a child, especially a daughter, what do you think she deserves in a relationship? Does she deserve to have someone who kind of sort of fits her into her life? Does she deserve to have a relationship who kind of sort of texts her back at a reasonable time? Like, no, of course you wouldn't say that's what she deserves. And those are your standards as well. And then finally, one thing that was floating around as a theme in this episode that never really landed, but I just want to talk about it for a second. And that is being an empath. Now, Bridget described herself as an empath, and we talked about it a little. I'm not so convinced she is an empath, or if she is, again, she just didn't share it in a way that convinced me. But the way that she described her empathic behavior was, I think, more of about control. So let's break down what the difference is. 
When you're an empath, you have a tendency to be able to feel other people's feelings. And sometimes it can be a lot. And sometimes it can be so much that you often feel drained in relationships. You're probably very introverted because you can just feel the room. And if there's lots of sadness or pain or whatever it is, you can feel it as if it were your own. And so for an empath, you really have to set some energetic boundaries so that you're not taking on other people's stuff. And if you couple being an empath with people pleasing, that can be doubly draining because not only are you so able to feel other people's feelings, but you're also now trying to please them and take care of their feelings. And that can just be utterly exhausting so much so that you might even tell yourself, oh, I don't even want to be in a relationship or it's not even worth it. Relationships are so exhausting. Now, to me, what Bridget, when she was explaining what being an empath to her was, she, in my opinion, was really talking more about control. It didn't really seem to me like she was taking on other people's feelings and that was the boundary issue in a relationship. All that could have been it, although we didn't really get there. And again, I'm not convinced that that was going on based on our conversation. However, what she was explaining to me was deeply caring about how other people feel and wanting to make them feel a certain way. And that was giving her a sense of control. So if she would do this, or if she would do that, or if she would say this, or if she would get the relationship to move in that direction, then that would give her some sense of control. Like, okay, he feels how I want him to feel about me. I can feel secure. I can feel good in the relationship. So I would say this control pattern was coming more from her pattern from way, way back when she was a child to having a lot of chaos and a lot of instability. She just wanted to know how someone was going to feel about her and what the state of their relationship was, because my guess is that she did not necessarily have that in her life as a child. And she wants to get that as an adult, you know? So again, being an empath is not necessarily the same thing as wanting to control someone else's feelings towards you. There definitely can be some overlap, but just notice the difference. And also just notice like if you call yourself, oh, I'm such a people pleaser. Oh, I'm such, oh, I have an anxious attachment style or I'm this or I'm that. And just notice how we put ourselves in that box and how that might actually hold you back. And it may or may not be true that you have this style or that you are this way. And even if it is true, what good is it doing to hold on to that as part of your relationship identity? Most likely it's not doing you very much good. All right, my dears, that's all I've got for you this week. Again, intro pricing for Crappy to Happy, my inner child course is expiring tomorrow, May 22nd. So make sure you get your hands on it if you want to save 100 bucks. And if it's after May 22nd, you can still sign up. There just won't be any intro pricing available. And you will still be eligible for the bonus 30 minute coaching session with me once you complete the course and submit all of your homework. All right, I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.